Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, respected listeners of Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal We welcome you to this program, and today it is with Mufti Muhammad Akusab Tamad Barakatuh. Let's welcome Mufti Sab. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Mustisab, all well on your side? Allah is mercy, Allah is mercy. You're safe? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Where's uh, Mustisab's programs for the weekend? Oh, we were, Alhamdulillah, with Allah's Fadl, we were in uh, Amalo yesterday, and uh, today, inshallah, we are here in this Carolina, Kashmir and Carolina. Allah Ta'ala accept from, from us, inshallah. Allah Ameen. accept us where he's been. Ameen. Uh, Muftisab, uh, last week's um, program, I'm not sure if Muftisab was there, the Islai program, few points Muftisab can give us and then we can move on to the topic, inshallah. Okay, no, I, I, I was there, alhamdulillah. And subhanAllah, it was uh, very, really amazing being in the company of, of, of the pious and the righteous, alhamdulillah. Such an amazing uh, buzruk that... Uh, that visited Subhanallah, Hazrat Marana Makhdumuddin, Hafizahullah, and our Hazrat Muftiyad al Haqsab, Dhamid Barakatuhu, mentioned something so amazing about him. He spoke about karamat and amazing, uh, you know, happenings that take place through through the pious. Mm. So, Hazrat mentioned that Marana Makhdumuddin went to visit Marana Zakaria Rahmatullah. And when he went to visit him, he just went to greet him. And generally, Mona Zakaria Rahmatullahi would greet him like he would greet others. But this time it was different where he shook hands with him. And he said to Mona Makhdubin, who was very young, come see me tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Mm. So the well, next Mufti, day... Uh, ma, I'm just confused. Is it Muf- Mufti Mukhtaruddin? Yes, Mona Mukhtaruddin. Correct. Jazakumullah, mm. Mona. So, as Muftad al-Haqsab mentioned, that the next day, Mufti Mukhtaruddin, Mawlana Mukhtaruddin Sahib, went to uh, meet Mawlana Zakaria Rahmatullahi, who was in his room, so others felt, the Khadims felt he was resting. So he went to meet him, and the Khadim said, no, Hazrat is resting now, you can't meet him now. Mm-hmm. So he said, let just find out, because Hazrat did tell me to come. So uh, they found out, and Hazrat said, no, no, I'm waiting for him, call him. And Alhamdulillah, when he came in, Hazrat Muhammad Zakaria Rahmatullahi accepted his, his bay'ah and instantaneously, on that spur, on that moment, gave him khilafah. Mm. And then sent him with uh, another buzruk, uh, uh, who is a khalifa of Hazrat, to go to the haram and teach him the dhikrs and so forth. Mm. So this other khadim or murid under Hazrat asked him that generally this wasn't the system. A person takes bay'ah and then goes through tarbiyat and goes through, uh, you know, uh, reformation. And after some time when they, you know, appropriate and like and worthy, then they are given such a high position of khilafah where they can reform and inspire and guide others. This is a, a, such a, a rare case that we're seeing. Mm. So Hazrat Zakaria Rahmatullah said, no, Allah has guided me to do this. And in that, on one occasion, he also mentioned that in the forefathers of this individual, Hazrat Mufti Amorana Mukhtaruddin, there was a Buzrug who was serving Allah's deen, and his khanqa went uh, wehran, and was, 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 was totally, after he passed on, it had, it, it had just died out, Gee. and Allah will use him to bring alive this 
uh, effort mm-hmm. of reforming and helping and guiding people. And subhanAllah, up to today, in his... Because after that, Mawana Mukhtaruddin went into you know seclusion where he didn't want to tell anybody of this. Gee. And after Mawana Zakaria Rahmatullahi passed on, years later, one of the other khulafa looked for him and found him and took him uh, and, and told him, you have to carry on with this. Mm. And alhamdulillah, up to today, more than 100,000 people sit for itikaf in his masjid, mm. uh, 60,000 of which is sunnah itikaf. How he does this khidmah and, and all, all year round reforming and guiding, alhamdulillah, mm. the people. That was one of the amazing incidents there, but the company and the righteous and the pious is so amazing. We really benefited, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And I think there's probably, if I'm not mistaken, if Mufti Sahib knows more, that there's probably just a handful or if not, maybe just very, very few khulafa left of Mulana Zakaria, rahmatullahi. That, that is a fact. Very few are left. And that's why I would request the, the listeners to read with the punctuality the, the kitabs of Mulana Zakaria, rahmatullahi, like Fadailul Amal and Fadailul Sadaqat. Others, they are available and read those kitabs as well. But this will help in uplifting and upholding the temperament of deen into our homes. And this should importantly be read in the home with our children on a daily basis. Fadail mm-hmm. al-Amal is so amazing. It has six books in it, starting with Hayat, uh, the lives of Sahaba. And then we have the virtues of, the, of, of Salah. Then we have the virtues of the Quran, then we have the virtues of Zikrullah, and then we have the virtues of advocating good and forbidding evil, da'wah, and then we have uh, towards the end Muslims' degeneration and its only remedy. And then also there's a book in it about the virtues of Ramadan. So really inspirational. Then, Alhamdulillah, there are many who, there are many who read this, and it's also read in the Ta'aleem. We should participate, and also this should should be read. The other kitab, Sadaqat. This is such an amazing book of reform and spirituality. It speaks of a very high level of the love of Allah, and how to how to be able to prioritize Allah's love over the love of this world. Hmm. And that's why when you, I would love to share something about that because today I was just thinking a few minutes ago about the Suratul Buruj and linking it to our brothers. In Palestine, so when you when you give me that opportunity, I'd love to share that. But reading this kitab is so important because in the time of Dajjal, mm-hmm. and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned that this is a time where so many people will fall into fitna, and many many women will want to meet up with Dajjal because he would arrange a lot of amenities and pleasures for his followers, mm-hmm. and those who de- defy and deny him. They would go through a lot of challenges, and this is the test for the believer. Hmm. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam even mentioned about the sky raining and the earth giving crop and so forth. And the mu'min will totally refute Dajjal. And the hadith says that a man would actually worry, he, 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 he would consider tying his wife, his daughters, his sisters, his aunts up. They mustn't go by Dajjal, because it's a time where there'll be hunger. Hmm. What will be the food of the believer? Rikrullah. He's worried that they must go there because they are going through a difficulty and whoever is accepting Dajjal is living a pleasurable life. And then in this, uh, in Sunan Ibn Majid, there's a report where Dajjal will say to a Bedouin, say to a Muslim, say to a brother, say to a person, that take me as your Rabb 
and Allahu Akbar. Imagine this is what we hear and learn all the time. Allah is our Rabb. Allah is in control. Nothing else. And we have to continuously remind ourselves of this, that Allah is doing and creation is not doing. Every condition, every situation comes from Allah. And this is throughout the Quran, these sentiments. Throughout the Quran, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. رب المشرق والمغرب رب المشرقين ورب المغربين رب المشارق ورب المغارب اقرأ باسم ربك when we go into ركوع سبحان ربي Allah, my Allah is pure and perfect and free from every blemish Nabi Wasallam described that jar he said that he is bandy-legged he is a person of you know outward uh, disfigures he is one-eyed his eye, he sees with is one, and the other eye, the one eye is inabatun uh, tafia, is like a protruding grape that's fested. Tafia is something that has bloated and is starting to fest. It is something despicable, and so it's clear. But Prophet said, the temptations in him is so deadly that he would answer all a person's questions. And he would create a lot of doubts in people. There's a report in Kanzul Umal that, ex- that explains this hadith of Sunan Ibn Majah. Because in the hadith of Sunan Ibn Majah, he says to the believer, take me as your Rabb. So this man says, refuses. He says, what if I give life to your loved ones and they tell you what is true? And then he, gives li- he commands the jinn to take the form of his parents. And now the parents of this individual that he thinks are his parents are telling him, son, this is your Lord. Accept him. We've died before you and we are telling you the truth. In Kanzul Umal, it's mentioned that there's a lot of shayateen who would offer their services to Dajjal. And he would then send them out. He would send them out and they would go uh, convincing people that Dajjal is, is, is God. And Allahu Akbar. They would even take the form of his parents to convince him so. Allah Ta'ala save us. Look at the level of the test. And also, what the Yahud also use in trying to harm people is the system of sihr and, uh, and magic. That's why in Rasulullah's time, they asked Labid bin Asam. He's attributed to uh, al-Yahudi. In, in, so he was an Arab and he was an ally of uh, the Jews of Medina Manowara. So they told him, we want you, we will pay you. And they paid him. And they said, we want you to put magic and sihr on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And him and his daughters used filth and used this evil methods. And they tried to effect Muhammad rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And subhanallah, Allah ta'ala protected him. But like the body physically can get sick, this had an external effect on his health sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It did not affect the deen know his, uh, his, his, his the, the Qur'an, know Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's guidance of the Ummah, know his mental state, Alhamdulillah. But he was ill, and uh, this had an external effect, like sickness effects. And this is also to show how dirty were their tricks, that they tried everything, and now they even tried this. That's why this in, this in the world also is common, with the usage of the jinn and shayateen and so forth, trying to affect people. But what was revealed? So, Subhanallah, was a surah that was already revealed in Makkah Mukarramah, but was revealed again in Medina Munawwarah, or shown to Rasulullah sallallahu that these, these two surahs that you have is a solution for this. And this, these two surahs have 11 ayat. Falaq, 
and Nas, five and six ayat. And as Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was reciting these surahs, Alhamdulillah, the knots that they had tied on the on the uh, on the teeth of the comb to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's Mubarak Baal and hair was being untied. Alhamdulillah, and this is what we as believers have to read with the dhikr, seeking Allah Taala's protection, and that is such a fortification. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that Allah told Hazrat Yahya Alayhi Salatu Wasallam, explain to the people this truth, and in that. Hazrat Yahya salam told the people that, that Allah's dhikr is so important. It's like you are in a fortress and the enemy can't get in. So Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. That's why this fadail al-sadaqat is so important to enhance Allah's dhikr and prior, prioritization of the afterlife. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I wanted to mention something about a sahabi, Hazrat Thumama bin Usal, Hmm. And the Surah Buruj, chapter 85 of the quran Karim, and linking it to our brothers in Gaza. Can I uh, share that? Ji, please, Mufti Zabkin, go ahead. In chapter 85 of the quran Karim, subhanAllah, this is in Juz Amma, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions a community. Some of us didn't mention them as the people of Najran, or this happened in Yemen, and the distance is not far off. What happened here? was uh, the rulers of Yemen at the time were Jewish. And the ruler at that time started involving himself in magic. And he started, he left religion. It was no more about religion. It was no more, no more about abiding by Allah's laws. And he had this magic and he wanted these magic tricks. And he had a magician. But the magician was getting old. And this is how he ruled the people, through his magic. But the magician advised him that choose a young boy and this boy will, I'll teach him and he will, you know, carry on with the services after me. So one youngster was chosen, was selected and the youngsters thought it was, it was a big thing. You know, it was to, to, to actually serve the king. This youngster that was chosen, every day as he would go to the magician to learn the magic and so forth, Allah made it such that he passed by a righteous, pious man a Muslim. What does Muslim mean? A follower, a true follower of the Anbiya alayhi salam. This was after the time of Isa alayhi salam. So a Muslim. And this man was in his place of worship, like a masjid. So he entered there and he felt peaceful. And this pious man started teaching him something like an alim teaching in the maktab. The alim started teaching him. He would spend some time there and then he would go to the magician. But now his heart was tied, was, 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 was in two places. By the magician, he's thinking, should I carry on there or by this alim? Because every time he goes home, he also stops by the, by, by the alim. And every time he goes to the magician, he stops by the alim again. But his family shout him because he's late and the magician also shouts him. So he asked this pious, pious alim, then what do I do? You know, uh, I'm getting shouting from all directions. He says, whatever you do, son, you don't leave your learning of, of deen. You can say you got delayed at home or you got delayed there, but this you never ever leave. And this is a very important, pertinent advice for our parents and for the children. That you know what? I know we want to send our children to school, but that's not the objective and the purpose. That 
okay, is also important. But what is most important is their study of the Quran and the Sunnah and their learning and their proper attendance in the maktab and the his class. And there we have to instill this in our children from young, that deen can never ever be sidelined because this is the purpose for which we live. And this is going to protect our children in the coming times. Look at this youngster. And this is a perfect example. This youngster then carried on learning. And one day he was on the, uh, en route somewhere, uh, passing a market, and he saw people were severely disturbed by a, by a deadly creature. And what was this creature? Allah Ta'ala knows, but it was deadly. Either it was a lion or it was a huge python, or it was something that was really extraordinary but deadly. The, this hadith says that this, you know, this, this dabba, this creature was so dangerous, something like a lion. He said, Allah, I need to help the people. You guide me. He took out his sling and flung a stone. And he said, Allah, if what this alim, this Muslim is teaching me is right, you help me in this condition and help the people and give them amnesty. And one sling of that stone with his sling, alhamdulillah, ended off that creature. And everyone saw that this youngster got powers. He told them, it's no powers from me. Allah does everything. And like that, people started flocking to his door. And when they started flocking to him, he started telling them, I can't cure you or help you. Allah is the only one to help you. And his teacher then told him, you know, this is a test for you. Remember, uh, just remain firm. And his teacher also told him, don't tell anybody about me. And in this, he would help many, many people. But whoever came to be helped, he would give them this da'wah, that I am not the curer, Allah is the curer. I am not helping you, Allah is helping you. And this message was given by him all the time. And even the minister, who was visually impaired and was blind, came to him with many gifts and said, all this is for you, just cure me. He says, I must clarify to you, I cannot cure you. I am makhluk, I am a creation of Allah. Allah, the creator, will cure you. And I'll make dua for you and I'll ask him. And in this, he gave this da'wah. And this minister was inspired, embraced Islam, accepted the truth, and alhamdulillah, Allah cured him. And sometime later, it seems the next day or later, when the king got to know that his minister is advocating something and got, got better, he called him. He says, what are you saying? Allah is doing this and that. Don't you know that's contrary to our ethos here and our way? How can you say that? And what happened to you? How you got cured? He says, Allah cured me. And he got very upset. The king got very upset. How this happened? And he interrogated this minister, and then the boy's name came out. The boy was brought, and this boy's name was Abdullah Tamir, rahimahullah. And when he was interrogated, anyway, somehow his teacher's name came out. His teacher was brought, and Allahu Akbar. The king ordered his teacher to denounce Islam and the truth, and he refused, and he was cut. Mm. Allahu Akbar. And he was, he was, his skin was removed, and he passed away. He was brutally murdered, and he remained firm on his deen. But now the king wanted to kill the boy, but he also wanted his services, realizing that this boy can be very beneficial. So he thought, let him use a method of instilling fear into the boy. So he sent him with the soldiers to the top of the mountain and said to them, if this boy refuses to denounce the truth, or denounce his, his, his truth that he's on, then you top, throw him over the cliff. And they are escorting this boy up the mountain and he's making dua. Allah, I am not in a position to tell you what to do. You know best. Allahumma kfinihim bimashet. Allah, you sort it out and you sort them out in a manner that you want to. And the mountain trembled and rumbled and shook. And every one of them 
got toppled over the cliff. And this youngster goes right back to the king. He says, what? You back here. What happened? He says, my Allah sorted them out. He says, oh. He calls another group of soldiers. Take him to the middle of the sea. And the same instruction. When they get to the middle of the sea, he says, Allah, because they're telling him to denounce. He says, Allah, you sort it out. Sure, the, the waters went wild. And Allahu Akbar, they all died. And he comes back. And the king is now restless. And he's upset. And he's irritable. And he doesn't know what to do. The youngster tells him, let me give you some relief from your misery. You want to kill me, isn't it? He says, yes, I have to. He says, gather everyone. The hundreds and the thousands and the millions of your lands, gather them all. And I'll tell you what to say, and you'll kill me. And everyone was gathered. A youngster was placed. He says, say, Bismillah, meaning Bismillah, al-Ghulam, in the name of Allah, the Lord of the boy. And everyone already heard about the Lord of the boy, about Allah, because he gave everyone dawah. But look at what he's doing here. The king kills him. The king was relieved. But yeah, Allah, the hundreds and the thousands all started reading the kalima. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. And everyone embraced Islam. So the plot of the king backfired upon him. He was planning to end off the trouble through the, through the boy, to end off Islam. And this youngster gave his life but so many got hidayah. And this is what our people are doing in Gaza. Allahu Akbar. How they, no matter what, they're performing salah. No matter what, they're fasting because there's no food. The smoke in their throat. And Allahu Akbar, they're making tayammum. When they're in pain, they're reading the Quran. And whatever they are facing, how many of their children they are losing, how many of their loved ones they are using, losing, they're saying, Alhamdulillah. They're seeing the body parts of their children in front of them, things that we can't even imagine. And they're saying, Allahu Akbar, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah, La ilaha illallah. The world has fallen on its feet, that we've never seen anything like it. And Allahu Akbar, people are inspired to read the Quran when seeing our the iman of our people in Palestine. Ya Allah. And like Subhanallah, Abdullah Tamir Rahmatullah gave his life and how many got hidayat. This is how Allah Ta'ala is taking this work from the people of Gaza as well. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala make it easy for them and our people in Palestine. But thereafter, the king was so upset. Allah Ta'ala says, Allah's curse is upon Ashabul Ukhdud. Qutila Ashabul Ukhdud. Annari dhatil waqood. Idhum alayha qu'ud. وهم على ما يفعلون بالمؤمنين شهود وما نقموا منهم الله says they damn the people of the trench and they are upset because these people brought iman وما نقموا منهم they had no gripe against them except that these are people of iman and they couldn't stand it that they are people of iman إلا أن يؤمنوا بالله العزيز الحميد and trenches were dug and the, 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 the ruler and his cronies and followers and people all sat around the trenches on their special thrones and seats seeing the Muslims being flung into these pits of fire and in this Ya Allah everyone was saying La ilaha illallah with their, their shahada and falling into the pits Alhamdulillah and one mother was about to jump in but she had her infant baby in her hands 
and this made her reluctant and she just couldn't go. Allahu Akbar. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Allah made her child speak. Ya Ummah, oh my mother, you make sabr. You are on haqq. You're doing the right thing. You're giving your life for Allah. Ispiri, fa'innaki ala al-haqq. And this mother jumped in and all of them were shaheed like that. But what an impact it had. This is how a young man made, became the means of the hidayat of the millions. This is how, alhamdulillah. That's why you and I give the correct narrative to the world. Talk about the history. Talk about what happened. Talk to our friends, our colleagues, our associates. Many still don't understand what the people of Palestine have gone through. Many will still say, no, we are not with Palestine. They don't know. How are, how, how is Palestine? How Palestine was ruled by Muslims for so many years and all religions lived peacefully under them. They don't know. We have to clarify the truth with them through a discussion. This is the opportunity we have in the world to talk to them. Allah give us tawfiq. Jazakumullah khairan wa sallallahu ala nabi Jazakumullah khairan mufti sahab for this inspiring message. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.